Uh, I want to talk about teachability. Uh, you've got to be teachable. And if anything tonight, I, I want to, if you think I'm going to get at you, I'm, I'm really going to. Uh, it's amazing how few people in the world are teachable. And don't know what we're aiming for and what church is about. And um, I suppose uh, Spurgeon Spurgeon put in a nice little um, poem, humble, teachable and mild, changed into a little child, pleased with all the Lord provides, weaned from all the world besides. And um, it is um, so important to be teachable as a little child. And it doesn't matter what area of life you're in, uh, it's business, it's um, whatever you're doing, in uh, home, family, the one thing that makes the problem is lack of teachability. Uh, God's Word is clear, isn't it? That's it. And um, yet, when it comes to the Church of Jesus Christ, there comes in an unteachableness. And it's not long before people, when they've become a Christian, they become unteachable. And, and I want to read something, I read it out um, in London the other night, and I want to read it out to you. It's from um, Spurgeon, um, was written in 18... I can't remember, I haven't got the date here, I think 96. Okay, there is an itching nowadays after originality. Striking out a path for yourself. Our great master never aimed at originality. He said that he did not even speak his own words, but the words that he'd heard of his father. He was docile and teachable as the Son of God and the servant of God. His ear was open to hear the instructions of the Father, and he could say, I do always those things that please him. Now, that is true, the true path for a Christian to take, to follow Jesus, and in consequence, to follow all such true saints as may be worthy of being followed, imitating the godly so far as they imitate Christ. The Apostle puts it, whose faith follow. God's people are a thoughtful people, and they are an imitative and humble people, willing to be instructed and willing to follow holy and godly examples. And He goes on, and when he was preaching on Psalm 25, verse 5, he said this, It is well for many professors if, they, if instead of following their own devices and cutting new paths of thought for themselves, they would inquire uh, for the good old ways of God's own truth and beseech the Holy Ghost to give them sanctified understandings and teachable spirits. For thou art the God of my salvation. The three in one Jehovah 
is the author and perfecter of salvation to his people. Reader, is he the God of your salvation? Do you find in the Father's election, in the Son's atonement, and in the Spirit's quickening all the grounds of your eternal hopes? If so, you may use this as an argument for obtaining further blessing. If the Lord has ordained to save you, surely he will not refuse to instruct you in his ways. Do you know, everyone's looking for a gimmick. Gimmicks are, are a pattern today. Jesus Christ said, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. It isn't. And we have to come to a biblical understanding. And it's the good old paths and the good old ways, and there's nothing new under the sun. And it always worries me when I hear people start mouthing off about some new move or new way. There isn't one. 2,000 years ago, there was a resurrection and Jesus rose from the dead. He had all authority, all power given to him. And he said, go preach, teach, heal. And he sent us forth with a gospel that he ordained. He didn't say every so often there's going to be a new move. He didn't say it's going to change. He said, go and teach. And the Holy Spirit came to be our teacher and the gospel hasn't changed. It's the same. And we don't need our own devices and we don't need to cut new paths and we don't need to find new gimmicks. The simplicity of the gospel is as simple today as it was 2,000 years ago. That's it. I'm a believer. And I hear all these gimmicks coming and thank God they usually go. Uh, Finney says this, and he's another great man. Take a real Christian, one who has truly repented, and every time you bring the truth to bear upon him, his heart gets into the habit of going along with the convictions of his understanding, and he becomes as teachable and tractable as a little child. In other words, if people can't hear instruction, can't hear a proof, aren't prepared to change their lifestyle, they've missed God by a million miles. The one sign of a true Christian is he's teachable. And I'm talking of um, people of any age. It worries me when um, people think they're too old to learn. And the childlike state of mind is indispensable to being taught of God. The holy in heaven and those who are becoming holy on earth are all God's pupils. His divine spirit is their great teacher, promised and given in order to lead them into all truth. But how can God teach those who are not teachable? Those who cavil against the truth, hate the light, and will not come to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved. Now, we all know that the little child has a teachable spirit. He loves to be taught, and therefore his mind is op open to truth, and you can teach him anything you please. 
But if he advances onward to a state of mind, all of pride and vanity, and withal to a state in which selfish and wicked heart, a state in which the selfish and wicked heart opposes the truth, then how he changed. Oh, he knows so much now that you cannot teach him anything. He's wiser than any seven men, however skillfully they may be giving the reason of things. There are some students who can never learn. They will forever stumble and flounder along, and they, their reason is they are already too wise in their own conceits to become any wiser. Who has not had occasion to observe how surely fatal to the acquisition of knowledge is the spirit of self-conceit? Have you ever met someone who knows it all? Now one thing that I hate is when you get and you start sharing the gospel with someone, oh I know that, I know that, I know that. And their life denies it, but they say they know it. When someone isn't teachable, you can never help them. You already lost them. And that's what's happened in the world today. People have lost the ability to learn. How then can God teach men of such spirit? It is true, as a general law of God's spiritual administration, that the meek, and those only, will he teach in judgment. The meek will he lead in his way. God makes his creatures bear the responsibility of maintaining a teachable spirit. And according to as they do or do not maintain it, they may be expect to be taught or not taught of God. Hence the necessity of being converted and becoming as a little child in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, childlikeness is teachability. If you're not prepared to learn, no one can help you. People come to me for advice and I tell them, well, uh, when they come I say, well, I know you won't take my advice. Which is a good way to start. And then I tell them what I think. And I know they'll still go out and go counter to it. The reason is their self-conceit of knowing more and ignoring what God says. And there's nothing you can do. God can't teach them. They'll never learn. They'll never change. And basically they're unconverted. Or they're living in an unconverted state. And Finney was saying, hey, this is a big problem. And it's a terrible problem. You've got to become as a little child. Such a state of mind is indispensable to mental and spiritual peace. No one can be at rest in his own spirit unless he is simple-hearted, honest, trustful towards God. In short, unless he has in most decided moral development those very qualities which in their natural form characterize the little child. This state of mind is indispensable to acceptance with God. Uh, that was Spurgeon and Finney. They both said the one problem with the church and one problem with people is lack of teachability. People just don't want to learn. Uh, they forget that the Lord Jesus Christ was teachable. 
Joseph taught him, Mary taught him, and then he began to learn of God the Father. And John Wesley, another one, he wrote in the uh, uh, first volume of his journals, that venerable old man Mr. Tyndall called. How strange it is to find one of four score and ten as humble and teachable as a little child. He is a 90-year-old man. And he said, this is strange. He's humble and teachable. And he's 90. Would to God some of you who haven't reached half that age would become teachable. Sitting here, what did you come for? Did you come to learn? Goes on and says in one of his letters, the tree is known by its fruit. The national shyness and stubbornness was gone and they were open and teachable as little children. And then he writes again of these people, they are of a teachable spirit, willing to be advised or even reproved. Uh, when he writes in volume 4 of his letters, he says, A great part of them are partakers of the great salvation, and all of them seem to retain their first simplicity and to be as teachable as little children. And where does it go wrong? Well, it goes wrong when you, you touch someone's ego. Have you noticed that? Uh, people always get defenseless. Defense, defensive, not defenseless. Defensive when you touch their egos. When you tread on their corns. That's when people go wrong. That's when they stop being teachable, isn't it? When you point out something's wrong, their defences rise up and they say, uh-uh. And here he says something that I think is very valuable. This is John Wesley again. He says, if you, you are hurt in your humility, it will appear by this token. You are not so teachable as you were, not so advisable, you are not so easy to be convinced, not so easy to be persuaded, you have a much better opinion of your own judgment and are more attached to your own will. And that's how a lot of people are. They're more attached to their own will. They know what they want, they're going to do it their way. I've sat down with people recently who've come for advice and in the end, you know, all they do is they get offended. Well, that's fine. Because uh, that's what a pastor does. A pastor's job is to tell people the truth and they'll get offended with it. Because people have egos. Turn the person next to you and say, he must be talking about you. Huh. Couldn't be me. You know that unteachableness. When things are going wrong, what's going wrong? Well, when someone puts their finger on it and says, Hey, this is wrong. Uh-uh. That, no, that touches too near the bone. And then they don't want to learn. But if there be any of a teachable and hum humble temper, it is they who may expect improvement from it. Here they will find what they seek for, the simplicity of the knowledge of Christ. Teachability. 
When uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, one thing you want to look for, uh, and it's the only thing you ever look for in a person, is teachable. If you've got someone who's teachable, you can do something with them. If you've got someone who isn't teachable, forget it. You're wasting your time. You're not going to help him. You're wasting your time. You can spend hours with him, but he's not really going to listen. The only thing he'll listen to is what he wants to hear to manipulate to his own ends. And, and that is where a pastor finds it most difficult. What do you do with someone who won't learn? Hmm? No matter what you tell them, they'll always go back to their own way of doing it. Because they know better. But then you have to ask yourself, if they're that smart, why aren't they the pastor? Why didn't they produce something? Why haven't they built something in their lives? If they're that smart, how come their lives get in such a mess? then how come they're not willing to learn? Was that plain? Hello? I might have been plain. You see, God intended us to be people that were easily taught, easy to be entreated. But the trouble is, our society has made us a cultural thing of, we know better. The real problem with our society is, they've dumped the word of God. They've said the Creator wasn't as smart as they are. As far as they're concerned, they know better than God. They know better than God about what normal life should be. Why? They even embrace perverts and tell God, well, you made a mistake, you should accept them. Their lifestyle doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. But what are they doing? They're rejecting the teaching of a living God who says this is the way to live. And we need to face the fact that either we accept God's word and we have a teachable spirit to believe what God says, or we accept the world's way, which is unteachable. The world's way is anything goes. The teacher is the Holy Spirit. John 14, turn there. John 14. Verse 23 says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, 
and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you, before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, you might believe. And he goes on. Look, who's the teacher in verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, which the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Who's going to teach you? Holy Ghost. But what if you're not teachable? And what's he going to do? He's going to remind you of everything that Jesus said. So he's not going to come and bring some new doctrine. He's going to come and remind you. He said, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. In other words, you've got to store in your heart and your life every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Because Jesus is the Word of God. And he's going to bring things to your remembrance. But if you haven't put things inside you and you hadn't read your Bible and you don't know what God says, the Holy Ghost has no method of teaching you. And a lot of people remain in ignorance because they never read their Bibles. God can't bring to your remembrance what you don't know. Isn't that true? He said, what I've said, that I'll bring to your remembrance. I'm amazed how many people think they can go through life in ignorance. But God says, no, I'll bring all things to your remembrance. This Holy Spirit that the Father will give you, he shall teach you all things. But then he limits the all things to that which he's said. He'll bring it to your remembrance, what he's said. And there's a great danger in the modern world that what they're trying to do is pervert the Word of God, add to the Word of God and say there's more. Well, there isn't. That's it. The revelation of God was given, is given, and will never change. And I'm amazed how many people have their own personal revelations. Now, I'm one of these people, I've got a computer, and if it works, it's fine. If it doesn't work, I get someone to work it for me. But one of the good things is now you've got CDs. You could slide into your computer, and you can look up things, reference library, all there for you. Now, it's fine. I can look up anything, providing I load the computer up, with the information, I can source it and look at it. But, if I go to that computer and I turn it on and I try and call up the program when I haven't put the CD in, I want to tell you what happens. Nothing. And I find a lot of Christians get their lives in a mess because when they come to call up the thing or when the Holy Ghost wants to teach them, he's got nothing to bring to their remembrance because they never put anything in. All they've got is a very shoddy understanding of Scripture and a minimal knowledge of it. 
And they think that's sufficient. And therefore, they actually deny God the ability to teach them. Man shall live by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. If you're going to live by it and you really want to be in life, then you better read it. You better digest it. You better learn it. Because that way, the Holy Ghost is free to teach you. If you turn to a teacher and say, I don't want to use the tools you've sent, then don't pretend you want to learn, because you don't. The Bible is the basis of all knowledge, if you're a Christian. God's revelation. But he cannot bring things to your remembrance if it isn't in your mind. Is that, is that logical? It's rather like me going to the computer and trying to log into a program that just isn't in there. Now, I'll tell you this, you can have all the works of Calvin, you can have all the works of Luther, you can have all the works of all the Puritans, all on one CD, and there it is. You can look in and log into anything you want. And computers are fantastic things. We've got an advantage. Look it all up, find out who said what about what. It's a great way of being able to get information. And the Holy Spirit said, look, if you put into your memory bank the Word of God, I'll come and teach you the way you should live, the way you should walk. If you will put into your heart and your mind the law of God and you'll let it be written, then I'll come and teach you. I'll explain it to you. And God sent the Holy Spirit to do that. But he's hampered in his job because most Christians don't revere the Word of God, don't love the Word of God, don't read the Word of God, don't know the Word of God, don't memorize the Word of God. In fact, when the teacher comes, he finds that there is no basis for teaching. There's nothing worse as a teacher than coming into a classroom with a, a load of students in front of you and you start a subject and the trouble is they have no groundwork to work on. They have nothing to work on because they've never bothered. Because knowledge is ever increasing, isn't it? Hmm? When I went to school, I mean, I, I did biology and I learned that a, a worm was phylum platyhelminthes. I don't care that it's phylum platyhelminthes. Why don't they call it a blinking worm? Now, as far as I'm concerned, and you learn all these terms, why do they put them in Latin? Uh, and you know, if you take it down to simple things, Paul wrote and he said, beware of any, anyone deceive you, you know, with vain philosophies. Let's just stick to simplicity that's in Christ. If God calls a man who rejects God a fool, he's a fool. I don't need any other definition. If God calls a man a sinner, he's a sinner. If God calls someone hell-bound, he's hell-bound. God calls someone a dog, he's a dog. And people get offended, you know, a viper, scorpion. Someone came to me and said, you shouldn't call people animal names. And I said, well, Jesus did. I said, ah, that was Jesus. 
I said, well, we're meant to be like him. Oh, yeah, we're meant to be like him, but we shouldn't call people by animal names. I said, but he called them animals. Ah, oh, yeah, he was allowed to, but you're not. And Jesus was all, always very specific. All right? Now, to be teachable and to learn, what do I need inside me? Huh? What do I need inside me? The Word of God. Why do I need it inside me? So the Holy Spirit can come and teach me and bring to my memory what Jesus has said. Is that right? So if you leave your Bible in the church or you leave your Bible up where you have a cup of tea and you don't read it till next week, what are you? You're stupid. What are you? Turn the person next to you say, if you don't read your Bible, you're stupid. <laughs> I'll tell you why you're stupid, because you're robbing God of the ability to teach you. God says, this is the way I'm going to do it. And you say, well God, it doesn't matter that you chose to do it this way, I'll find a new gimmick. And then I'll go to a church where they lay hands on me, blow over me, I'll fall over, jump up, and it's all done. Ha, ha, ha. Well, the trouble is, it don't work that way. Living and life is out by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. You can't live a divine life without the word. And you can't go God's way without being taught of the Holy Ghost. And what we have in the modern era is an idea that somehow you can circumvent the very thing God intends. It was said of George Fox, the early Quaker, and they called him the man in leather breeches, that if they'd burnt every Bible in the world, at the age of 18 he could have written one from memory. Why did God raise him up? with a prophetic ministry and a gifting that was one of the most powerful in Europe. But George Fox, there he was, a man who learnt the scriptures. They said of him, he worked in a tannery, and they said of him, his yes was yes and his no was no. Whatever he did, he did well. Tremendous ministry. Tremendous power, saw miracles of healing, cast devils out, dealt, oh, he was a total charismatic. Long, long, long before, I mean he went and he met with Oliver Cromwell, the Puritans faced him up, he spent time in prison, got persecuted, he used to go and challenge all the religious leaders, face them up, good man, I like him, character. Not one of these weak-kneed fellas. He was a pacifist, but man, he was a man of the spirit. This is our history. Hey, I'll tell you something. Spurgeon's saying it's about time he went back to the faith of our fathers. I'm amazed Christians don't want to read about people who really lived. Hope you've read about him should know your history. 
and you see he knew the word of God from 18 could have written it from memory the trouble is with Christians today they don't value it they'll know more about silly things than they will about God's word and God intends us that the Holy Spirit will take what he says and bring it to our remembrance but how can it be brought back to your memory if it's never been fed in okay is that reasonable so what should you do read your Bible huh that's the way to become teachable if you go to class and you don't take your books and you don't study then how are you going to learn? And God says, hey, I'm sending you a teacher, here's his textbook. You better learn the textbook because he's going to talk about it and bring it to your remembrance. Reason people go wrong, they don't know the book. The reason things fail in the church is because Pharisees and priests have their own agenda and their own agenda is power and control people want power they want control that's why things fail and the reason you fail in your life is because you want power and control I want to tell you one thing you have to do is you have to give up your rights you have to give up your authority and you have to place it in Jesus Christ because he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you have to realize that if you want success it's got to be his success on his terms the true agenda is to lift up Jesus and promote his teaching but how can I promote his teaching if I'm not taught and how can I be taught if I'm not teachable and how can the teacher teach me if I don't have in my memory bank that which God said is essential the Word of God and how can I be in life if I don't have that which he says I'll live by man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that's why people become unteachable and when you do tell them what the Bible says they, they're, they're just ignorant they don't understand it, they don't want it they don't know it uh, in John 8 verse 28 you find this then said Jesus unto them John 8, 28 When you have lifted up the Son of Man then shall you know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself but as my Father hath taught me I speak these things and He that sent me is with me the Father hath not left me alone for I do all the ways those things that please Him now Jesus learned there were two things to do one he had to be taught of his father two when he was taught of his father what did he do Richard did what those things that please him 
So when you're taught, what is the most important thing to do, Kevin? Do what? No, do what? It tells you those things that please who? Please who? God. Huh. So you see, Jesus didn't say, I, when Father teaches me, I, I, I fulfill what I want. I do what I want, it pleases me. He says, no. He teaches me, I do those things that please him. In other words, a Christian life is not pleasing me, it's pleasing him. If I'm going to be Christ-like, my life is dependent upon pleasing God. If I'm going to have the Spirit of God, then he gives the Holy Spirit to them who obey him. So my whole life is to do with pleasing God. I'm not interested in pleasing myself, I'm interested in pleasing him. I'm not interested in pleasing you, I'm interested in pleasing him. That's where my interest... Now, I want to ask you, who do you want to please in your life? Your wife? Your children? Yourself? Or God? And that's the real issue. Who are you living for? Your wife? Your family? Yourself? Your husband? Or God? Jesus said, if you're taught, you do always those things that... Now there's a lot you can do that displeases him. He said, no, you've got to do everything to please him. Is that right? Is that fair? Hello? So that distinguishes individuals, doesn't it? All you do is you go around and you say, well, you know... It might please you to go and evangelize, but does it please him? It might please you to be like you are, but does it please him? It might please you to teach, but does it please him? It might please you to do a lot of things in life, but really, pleasing you isn't what life's about, it's pleasing him. Jesus said, look, I do those things that please him. How do I know what pleases him? Ah, he taught me. But how can I be taught if I don't know the word of God? And how can he bring it to my memory if I haven't put it in there? Therefore, how can I please him? Is that logical? Is that, is that logical? Hello, I'm this side. Is that logical and reasonable? So you've got to learn, haven't you? You've got to be teachable. And the big mission of the church is to bring people to true conversion that makes them teachable. Without that, the work of God will never progress. Jesus said, verse 28, I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. I don't speak what I think, I speak what he thinks. I don't go my way, I go his way. 
Now no preacher has a right to stand up unless God's spoken to him. A lot of preachers get up and they work out a sermon. I, I don't work out anything. I mean, I, tonight I drove back from uh, wherever it was I drove back from. I can't remember now. Uh, Farnborough. I was driving back and there were three crashes on the M25. But, you know, my calling is to please God. Now, I could have looked at all the traffic and said, let's pull off and have a meal. Reasonable. Why sit in a traffic jam? Uh, much more pleasant. And, but, what is my calling? It's to please Him. In other words, our life should be governed by our God. Everything I do in life, what I live for, is to please Him. It's amazing how many people decide all of a sudden it doesn't suit them. So they do what pleases them. In, um, where is the next one? Um, John 5. Verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raised up the dead and quickened them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. And that's who Father will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honour the Son, even as they honour the Father. He that honoureth not the Son, honoureth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the to the Son to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear I judge and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. It's always his will, what I hear him say, 
That's how I judge. I don't do anything of myself. I don't speak of myself. I can't do what I don't see him do. In other words, Jesus was a teachable, dependent individual. He was totally dependent on the Father, wasn't he? And are you meant to be like him? And so who should you be dependent on? The Father. I wonder how many preachers actually see what God's doing. I wonder how many hear what God's saying. With Jesus, he could have done anything. He had the authority and the power to do anything. But he said, just a minute, I limit myself to what I see the Father doing. In other words, my limitation is the limit that God puts on me. I don't speak of myself. What I hear the Father say, that's what I'm going to say. I don't do what I want to do. I do what I hear the Father and what I see the Father do. So it began to um, really bring his life in. In other words, his life was under authority. He said, look, you know, I don't come to do my will, I come to do his will. So I want to know what he wants me to do, and that's the limit of it. Jesus only did what pleased Father, didn't he? And you see, that's where we have to come to in our lives. Hey, I've got to be teachable, so I, I take the trouble to find out what does God want me to do. John 14 verse 10 Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? And then he goes on, John 14 verse 10 The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, Jesus came to the place where he said, Look, it's the God in me that does the works, Father in me. He does the works. I don't speak of myself. And what worries me, and has worried me for many a year, is the number of people that come to me and tell me they've got a gift or ability or a calling. If you've got it, God hasn't. If you've got it, God hasn't. If you've got a gift of healing, you've got it, God hasn't. You know, the gifts of the Spirit belong to who? They belong to the Spirit. The day you make them yours is the day you walked out of God. And Jesus was saying, look, I don't do the things, it's the Father in me. I don't speak of myself, he does the work. In other words, Jesus said, it's not me doing it, it's Father doing it. Very often when I walk into a church, I can come into church on a Sunday morning, I can look around, I can see a stranger sitting somewhere in the church and I know that that day God will heal them. How do I know? I don't know how I know. But I can see what Father's doing. And surely as night follows day, by the end of the meeting they'll be totally healed. Now how do I know? Because I can see what Father's doing. But I want to tell you, I don't heal them. I've caught people up the front and they've come out and I said, what's wrong? And they tell me what's wrong and I laugh at them. 
say, no, it isn't. They've already been healed. They were healed while they were sitting in their seat. They just didn't know it yet. I saw what Father was doing. And you have to be in the place where you are so in touch with God that you know. That's why I get worried when you have prayer lines for healing. Somehow, I'll just look for those I know that God is working with. The rest of them, well, you know, you can lay hands on them and hope. But that's it. What I hear the Father say, that's fine. What he doesn't say, you're on your own. And I've come to the place where I think it's smarter to be like Jesus. Hmm? Time to grow up. If you think you've got something great, I've got news for you, you're a fool. If you know someone who's King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you've given up your self-conceit, you'll find God will do wonderful things. All you have to do is find out what he's doing. What I tell people is I find out what God's doing and I join it. <laughs> what God isn't doing won't get done. And that's easy. Who built the church? God. Who provided the people? God. I remember the first time we, God told me to put up this building. I remember walking in the far doors. This was before there was anything in the building. It just had a roof on and it, it was empty. Nothing in it. And I walked in and I thought, my God, what am I doing putting this up? I knew God had told me to do it, but I looked at it and I said to God, where are the people going to come from? I said, where are they going to come from? I said, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? I remember when he told me to start a school. People came to me and said, you can't do that. You haven't got the right teachers. You haven't got the right... What do you do? I got on with it. I started it. Why? God told me to. The teachers all came. They said, well, you won't be able to afford to do that. You'll never be able to do A-levels. I said, we'll do A-levels. Can't. I said, we can. Just got on and did it. People told me, I remember years ago, I went to ORU. I, I got in front of the provost of ORU. Years ago, I, I walked into his office. I said we're going to affiliate with you. He said, we don't affiliate any overseas colleges. I said, God didn't send me all the way here for you to tell me no. He looked at me, I think he thought I was crazy. Who are you? I said, I'm from England. He said, we don't do it. And I said, well, God told me to come. He said, well, we just don't do that type of thing. I said, he still told me to come. See? That's it. Where's our college affiliated? Oh, are you? How? God told me. How do things get done? Well, they get done when you hear God. What I see Father do, that's what I do. I often look back and I think, I was crazy. No, no basis for anything. Went and I, I, whatever I do, there's no basis for it. I just get on and do it.
Supposing the teachers hadn't come. But they did. Supposing this, supposing that. Well, I never supposed it. I just got on with what God told me to do. See, in my life, it's always been whatever God says, whatever God chooses, that's fine by me. I want to do what pleases Him. And, do you know, it's amazing how intelligent God is. Have you noticed that? He knows the end from the beginning. I tell you, He's got it all figured out. You know, God's God. He has a way of searching the earth for whom he wants. And sometimes he just comes and he puts his hand on a person's life. You know that advert they have for the, um, it could be you. Uh, but when God comes, it's like that, isn't it? He, he chooses us. He, he foreordains us. He calls us. He selects us. How does he do it? I don't know. How does he reach them? I don't know. One thing I do know, Father's working. And I find it's better to let him do what he is doing, how he does it, and just involve yourself in getting alongside and becoming a co-worker together with God. When you become a co-worker together with God, you become like Jesus. You watch what Father's doing and you say, Oh Lord, that's wonderful you're doing this. I'll, I'll, I'll join in. You join in and everyone thinks you've done it. No, you haven't. You just noticed God was doing it. And the smartest man on earth is the man who watches what God's doing and says, Cool. That's great, let me be part of that. And they get in. Now, you're only a very small part of it. God was doing it anyway. But everyone thinks, my, wasn't he good doing that? Not really. All he did was he lived like Jesus lived. What I heard the Father speak, that's what I speak. I'll tell you the secret to it all. Get the Bible. Read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. Get the Word of God into you. And I'll tell you what the Holy Ghost will do. He'll say, there's someone I can teach. I've got something to bring to their memory. I, I, can, I can really form something in that life. Because you've given him the tools. Man lives by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. But if you don't, you rob him of the very tools God said is for your salvation, for your perfection. You're a smart person when you get wise enough to know God knows best. Hmm? It's always the principles of God. People ask me, well, what do you believe? Well, I believe God. Does God count everyone equal? No, he doesn't. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. His treasure. And God's on my side. God's for me. He lives in me. I belong to him. It's different. What I hear him say, that's what I say. What I hear him do and see him do, that's what I do. Can't do anything of myself. Funny old life, isn't it?
What I see the Father do, what I hear the Father say. That's the way to live. Read your Bible. Let the Holy Ghost, the teacher, teach you. Hey, the most important thing in life is to be a person of the Word. Get hold of George Fox's book, read about it. Let it challenge your life. If he could learn the scriptures by the age of 18, so he could write it from memory of every Bible in the earth, how much of the Bible do you know? At your age, what have you been filling your mind with? The football results? But you know what's valuable? The valuable thing is the Word of God. Most precious treasure on earth. The jewel of greatest price, Jesus Christ. You can have His Word in you. You can be taught of God. You can live according to His will. Do those things that are pleasing in His sight. What a wonderful gem you'd be in the earth. More precious than rubies. That's what you want to be. Okay? Is that clear? So what do you have to do? You have to read the Word of God. Memorize it so He can bring it to your remembrance. 